live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I know normally we've got the 4 o'clock reset at uh, 4 o'clock, the halfway point to the Burns and Gambo Show. We'll get you caught up on everything going on in sports coming up at 4.15. We'll push that back a little bit here because we've got this parade of Diamondbacks guests coming in here as we're live from Salt River Fields. And joining us right now as we're live here in the uh, left field pavilion, Paven Smith on the Burns and Gambo Show. Paven, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. I had a conversation with Tori LaBello. He's on with us every single week during the whole season. I said, uh, you, you got this is a tough choice, but how are you going to find some at-bats for Paven Smith? I mean, this team is loaded, and you know you are traditionally a very, very good hitter, um, you know, especially against right-handed pitching. So it, when you look at when you look at your options right now, the ability to play a little first, a little outfield, DH, are you, do you think that maybe the versatility can help you get those at-bats? Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have. You know, you're looking around at the clubhouse and seeing all the talent. It's, uh, it's definitely an exciting year uh, for me. Yeah, you just... Uh, you know, work however you can and, you know, let the coaches decide that. Yeah, we've seen you have a, a, some incredible at-bats and games, you know, in this league. We know you can flat-out rake. Last year, a little bit of a slump, and then and then obviously with Reno, and then the injury occurred. Mm-hmm. So how are you health-wise going into this year? Uh, 100%, yeah. Uh, ever since I've come back, I haven't felt it. My The bone I broke in my hand once, so it's been good. So did that kind of slow you down a little bit? Because you missed, what, about two months of at-bats? Uh, yeah, but I ended up getting making up for those at bats down in the DR. Uh, that was a good time being able to uh, experience that culture, and they love to uh, they love baseball in there, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that in particular. What because of the injury was it your decision, the organization's decision? Mutually, did you just decide this is the best thing for you to do to go down to yeah, the Dominican was, to get those at bats? Yeah, I was thinking about it uh, already, and then they came up to me and was just like, "Is this something you want to do? You don't have to." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down." to go down there uh, and experience it. We've known Tori. We've had Tori on the show since he's been the manager of the Diamondbacks. Gambo mentioned for a weekly segment. From what I understand, I don't know all the details. From what I understand, he made a visit to you down there while you were down there playing. Is that Tori seems like a very popular guy among the players. Is it kind of stuff like that that makes him such a popular guy with the players? Yeah, I mean, I think he he definitely cares. I think that's uh, one big thing. Uh, cares about not only you as a baseball player, but you as a person. So uh, yeah, seeing him down there was, was cool. It wasn't just a vacation. He wasn't just trying to get a little extra uh, vacation time and used it as I a right off a business type of thing. You he know was what? hanging out with uh, Pipe a lot. so yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I mean, he might have been the, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go to the beach and I'll go see Paven. I just assumed he was there to see you, but it might yeah. have been a I think killed, it was killed two birds. <laughs> killed two birds with one stone type of but thing. But did you feel like the Dominican, were those the at-bats that you needed that you would have missed out on? Those the at-bats you needed to kind of get you where you felt like you needed to be going into this whole thing? Yeah, and it's competitive down there, too. A lot of big league pitchers. Uh, you know, you go out, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You get to experience kind of what uh, the Dominican players feel like here sometimes, so it's a good perspective on things. All right, let's let's talk about position-wise because this, this, there's a glutton of outfield, especially with Lewis coming in and Goriel. You did lose Varsho, but you got Corbin, you got McCarthy, you got Alec. You know, for, do you feel like you can get a lot of at-bats at first base? designated hitter where are you feeling you're best suited right now on this team yeah i'm not really worried about it to be honest uh i think i do better just staying in my own lane and letting uh the people that make those decisions make those decisions it's uh it's better for me mentally you know and not worry about and you can still like root for your teammates that way you know uh i want everyone to do 
as best as they can and, you know, just to help the team win. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Because yeah. if you're in competition, then you kind of want guys to do poorly. Right. They get up to the plate, you're like, I hope he makes it out. You know, even though it's your teammate. So it's much better to not have that problem. Let's talk about first base. I mean, how many, you know, how much uh, experience do you have at that position? Or you've got a little, but but how much overall? Uh, yeah, I grew up as a first baseman. You know, played college at first, was drafted as a first baseman. Most of my games in the minor leagues were first base, so I feel pretty comfortable. And then you transitioned to outfield at what point? Uh, like the very end of 2019 when we traded for Seth Beer. Uh, you know, trying to just see what it, what it's like out there. I played a little bit of there in college when uh, uh, our center fielder would go pitch, so uh, I feel comfortable both. Paven Smith, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's It's been the topic of the spring so far, and I'm just kind of curious to get your perspective of pitch clocks mm-hmm. and the shift and the bigger bases and, and everything. And I know everyone's got a different opinion about whether it's good for the game, bad for the game, and different for the game as a guy who makes a living off of the game. How do you feel about the changes that have been made? Uh, to be honest, I like them a lot. Uh, which one? Which one's the best? Well, if I, had to, if I could only pick one to have for the year, it would definitely be the shift because oh, it helps that, me the most. Right, because lefty. <laughs> it is, it is what we, exactly we were talking with Corbin killed. Carroll about, right? Like yeah. lefties on this team, lefties on any team, really. It seems like this is going to be a big benefit for you, right? Yeah, you can't just throw someone out in, in right field. Uh, so, yeah, that. And then, obviously, I mean, I do like the pitch clock. It makes games go quicker, which I think is good for everyone. Just a, a brisker. Yeah. As, a, as a player, are you more engaged when it's a brisker pitch? Is it easier to? I mean, not that you're going to be engaged no matter what because right. it's your living. But is it is it just a more natural flow when it kind of has that movement and that pace to it? Yeah, no one wants to just stand on defense for an hour, you know. Yeah. So just to be able to have things go quick, uh, we always liked playing for guys that worked quick, you know, on defense. Yeah. So now everyone is. So it's just a just a it's better for us. I think. Okay. Yeah. How about the you know when you when you look at the the bases and the the ability to only throw over two times. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a first baseman, you know, does that change your approach, holding a runner on, not holding? If a pitcher throws over two times and he can't throw over again, will it change your approach to, like, you don't have to cover the, you know, can you yeah. come off the bag yeah. and give yourself a little more opportunity to cover more ground? I haven't really thought about that. That's a good point. Uh, That's what we bring I'm, to this table, yeah. Dave, and we bring good points to the table. <laughs> you, throw over, you throw over twice. What's the, use of, what's the use of staying on the bag? You don't need to hold the runner on anymore. You can't throw over again. Well, unless, unless, and I brought this up yesterday. Unless you go quick pitch and you start to do pitch out with the catcher, right? And you try to get the guy there because he may think, okay, I can get an extra two steps here. Mm-hmm. And instead, you go pitch out, especially if it's a right-handed hitter, you throw down the first. So that may be why you might want to cover the guy. I think too much about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, though. Here's the thing: you listen to us long enough, we'll make bad points too. <laughs> I mean, you just we'll, we'll cover. I mean, we'll, we'll make he, good points. He will. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to help. You know, the the speed that we got in the top of the lineup. I mean, I, the first spring training game, it was Corbin gets a hit on the first pitch, and then he steals on the next one, and we've got a guy in second base already. And then Jake gets on, and uh, I think he had like five stolen pace attempts, and we fouled them all off. He had a little uh, <laughs> kind of like a suicides in basketball, just going back just and get, forth. Yeah, right, like yeah. again, or like Herb Brooks and Miracle, again, run yeah. it again, right? right. He just kept yeah. going back and forth. Yep. Do you do you find that you need to work to try to relax the spring, or, or do you feel yourself putting pressure on yourself knowing kind of what might be at stake for you this spring? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the more pressure you put on yourself, the probably the worse you're going to perform. So yeah. I just don't think about it. Uh, just 
Yeah, just go about your, your business every day and just have fun with the guys and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. The speed on this team is pretty remarkable. I mean, we've talked so much with Alec and Corbin. We just had the, the ability to go from first to third, the ability to score on, from first on anything, hit in the gap. Have you ever seen anything like it? Even yeah, in college? No, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Jake has a term for it. It's, it's uh, chaos. We just create create, uh, create chaos. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to see like the other defense kind of scrambling out there. Does anybody, okay, so this is the running debate now. We had, we, we in rapid-fire succession, Corbin, and then Alec, and then you. And it started with, apparently it started with Jordan Lawler yesterday. Yeah, I was we, off had yesterday. On and- we had Lawler on yesterday, and he claims first to third that he's beaten Corbin Carroll. I don't believe it. <laughs> you don't believe it? Okay. Nobody okay. seems Nobody to. seems to believe this. Um, Alex Thomas was like, yeah, no. I mean, he's fast, but it not not like that. I, I mean, not that we want to set something up like this, but is there anybody that you would take over Corbin Carroll? I wouldn't, first? but apparently Corbin tells me that Dre is super fast. Really? That Dre Jameson can put give, give him a good run and even Although, beat him in a race. Alec told us somebody was number somebody different was number one going from first to home on this team it wasn't corbin yeah, really yeah he just yeah i i, I already forgot who he said somebody that was. was who was it buddy buddy kennedy oh buddy kennedy. kennedy that's right buddy kennedy was faster going from first to home uh, all right so here's it listen <laughs> i forget that he was like i don't know what me man he, he, oh, boy, he has some numbers i wanted to run by you because this blew my mind and i've been kind of fine i've been kind of trying to remember when i when i said this to myself but left-handed hitters on base percentage batting average so left-handed hitters on base percentage 309 batting average 236 last season were the worst in the last 21 years because, right. because of the shift mm-hmm. i mean just crazy numbers all across the board with you know there were fewer left-handed hitters in major league baseball last year than any time in the past two decades from 2013 to 2022 at bats by lefties dropped 12 percent they accounted for 44 percent of the at bats a decade ago but only 39 percent last year the shift just killed left-handed hitters. They lost 29 points off their batting average from 265 to 236. 22 points when they put the ball in play, um, but they did hit home runs at a higher rate. Like, like it's incredible what this shift did to left-handed hitters. Yeah, and you, I mean, righties, you can't put some out in left field because it's so far away from first base. Uh, and I do think it's funny when people try to say just hit it to third base. Well, they're throwing, they're throwing to the shift too, so they'll throw 98 inside where you can't yeah. hit it the other way. They're not yeah. throwing on the outside part of the play right. where you can punch it into the, uh, to right. the other side. Paven, right. yeah. we appreciated the conversation. Thanks for putting up with yeah. us. Thank we, you. We, we're, yeah, we're a little just sun-drenched out here. So, <laughs> Thank you, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Paven Smith it. joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show.